Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? We are the podcasting equivalent of being caught naked in Hyde Park with just a kilt to protect you. <laughs> now, <laughs> El- Elham did not appreciate me showing me showing showing, showing her those videos. <laughs> why did you El- not? No, I didn't. No, I I did, and she didn't appreciate me showing it. I know, but uh, why didn't she appreciate it? Oh, because you know it's. I was like, do you want to see something disgusting? And I was, and she was like, yeah, go on. And, and so I, and then, and so and I, you... I showed it to her no context. Oh, and it's sorry. just this guy. So, and he's, he is scarily so, without just, any hair at just, all. Just, 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 bald. For, just for full context, everyone. Um, okay. I, I, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go backwards a bit. Cause if you have okay, no information okay. of what we're talking about, that is, that's a very startling start to, uh, to, to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, a yeah. show that you're probably listening to in the background as you work or whatever. But the, basically um, Scotland haven't made an appearance of the football team haven't made an appearance in any major footballing tournament i think since 1996 yeah and this year we made it to the euros and of course in our group we are with england yeah now i was thinking this as i was watching it's not even just the anticipation that we are playing england in a major tournament yeah. or we're playing in england in a major tournament um, we have obviously now played them, and it was boring as hell. <laughs> it absolutely was not. But I that was a it was, great game. I thought it was quite. In- I thought it, being in the pub watching it, I found it quite entertaining. Actually, all oh, right, okay, cool, um, cool, cool. But but nothing. No, it was ha- a fan- no, it was a fantastic. Well, no, 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 it was a fantastic game. But, but it was a it was very a well played game. It was goalless. It was goalless. goalless it was no, yeah. no, but that doesn't mean it was boring. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's missing some special spo- I don't, I some don't special think, sauce. I don't think excitement on the pitch is dictated by number of no. sco- uh, goals scored. I I just think yeah right, but that's fine for the game. But the game is wider than just the goals scored, Alex. There is also the idea that if Scotland had got a goal. You best believe there would have been some pitch invasions. Like they would, it would oh, have just yeah. been too much. And I, and, and there were some small, nutters. We descended. Small, <laughs> oh, a small part of me was just desperate to see something along that line, uh, along those sort of lines. But um, what we were talking about at the start is obviously this means that quite a few Scottish fans have um, thrown caution to the wind um, due to the rising again COVID by numbers and of thirty thousand of them. Listen to me, who do I who do I think I am? As if I was as if I have any sort of causation. I don't give a shit. But they've they've all jumped onto this trip. I mean, some of the videos have been amazing. It's been so lovely to watch, and thirty thousand of them have come down to London. And have just caused absolute havoc. Like I've not been in, uh, I've not been in the city this week. But a colleague of mine who was in, you know, said that it was, it was just like it was, it was mental. Like you have to go quite a few streets to avoid all of the different people, like sticking yeah. fairy liquid in the in the fountain in Leicester Square and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's 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 a bit much. It's embarrassing. It's, totally, it's, it's so, so embarrassing. embarrassing. I it's mean, so embarrassing. It's, I think I would. It would still be embarrassing even if it wasn't. If even if we didn't have the backdrop of the rising COVID numbers, I think. Yeah. I think thirty thousand people. No, of course, of course. Yeah. Coming down to a capital city that's already kind of like bursting at the seams, um, mm. even when they're not going to a match, literally just to, you know, have a party and you know, do whatever. I think I think I think it's well, it's fucking stupid, basically. I I I don't I don't have any time for it whatsoever. 
but but the funny thing about the funny thing about it was that it's it's the, it's the sort of thing that like when England go on tour, you know they they are just like this. Like this is the sort of stuff. I think a couple of was it a couple of years ago, one of the World Cups or something like oh, this. England, France. England, yeah, yeah, England and France, yeah. And it was just it was just mental. But there's something a little bit charming about it. I think it's because the Tartan Army, like the Tartan Army, are just. They're they're kind of known for this kind of like shenanigans, aren't they? They're just just stupid, just stupid nonsense. Yeah, I especially and liked the one of the guy crossing a road and getting knocked over by a me. by a moped. That must have been. Yeah, so, so and then really looping you all into the into the loop, listeners. There's been quite a lot of videos that have been shared around multiple WhatsApp channels yeah, yeah, and groups. Yeah, yeah, I've had yeah. it shared to me by multiple different times of certain Scotsmen just like dancing, just takes his kit off and just. <laughs> That's just about it is, and he does. Have you seen the one of him trying to do the worm on the tube? Yeah, and absolutely, they're amazing. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google. Just Google the last couple of things that I've said, and I guarantee you you're going to have a laugh. Um, and the one that Alex is talking about is, of course, there's one where a guy's stumbling across. The road. I think it's just north of Hyde Park. I recognise the road, but that one looks a little staged. I mean, that's that mo- that scooter. They could have anticipated that, right? Like you watch it back, and you're like. He is he is moving slowly. That's right. a bit of an iceberg. That no, no. is. Re- regardless of if it's staged or not, that is a person that got hit by a moped. Yeah, and they the did con- get the, the contact is on camera. Yeah, and the contact is not a contact that I personally would like to endure. So was, it was it, it was the sort of thing there. You're right. I mean, th- it, because he was drunk, it didn't hurt him. It was a classic example. Have you also seen the one where the guy does the slip and slide across across Leicester Square? No. Have you not seen that one? I'll no. Send it to I've you seen a lot. Point. I've seen a lot of uh, footage of Leicester Square though. But it's, I mean, th- I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the game. And yeah. yet again, it was another example. It is quite nice being an underdog, Scott, because in situations like this, a draw is almost a win. Of course, it know, is. Do you know of what I mean? It is. Yeah, it's, it was like it was like Scotland, the, England. What yeah, was, the Calcutta Cup the other um, a, a while ago with uh, when we came back. I mean, that is a yeah. You're right. Yeah, a draw I mean, is a that, win. That was done in a in a dramatic fashion. But the you know we went into the game and it was England's game to lose. You know they're supposed to be one of the teams that are supposed to be able to win this win the whole tournament. Mm. And Scotland is well, the, well, no, exactly. Yeah, I know, I know, no, I know. no, exactly. But the the. There is the idea. They have the talent of players, like yeah, of course yeah. they and do. the money and and the money exactly. And Scotland is the second lowest ranked team in the competition. And who's the lowest? Uh, I think it. I think it's me. No, it won't be Turkey. I I don't know. Okay, fine. I can't remember. I can't no remember. Worries. I just heard. I just heard that Scotland was the second lowest ranked nice. internationally ranked team, and uh, England could only draw with them at their home turf in Wembley. Yeah. Um, but then again, Derby, Derby games are different. There's different pressures. The England squad's quite young. A lot of them had never played Scotland before. You know, the likes of yeah. Phil Foden and such like that. And it's the oldest international sport rivalry in the world. Is it really? It is. Oh wow, that's really interesting. I did yeah. not know that. Like 1860 something or something like that was the mm. fir- first game or some, something like that. It's 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 really important. It's really really fun so i really enjoyed watching it ah well yeah it's uh it's one that i'm sure people will be not talking about for the game for a while but talking about the uh the aftermath of it oh yeah absolutely but uh yeah and there was no videos that have come out since so i can only imagine i mean could you imagine what would have happened if scotland had won though like the city would have just been absolutely devastated like it just it would have just been uh it would have been crazy of course alex 
we are not a podcast um, at all. We are, of course, a music and um, football cast. We're not. Yeah, we're not a podcast at all. <laughs> I don't I know exactly how you were going to finish that. I have sentence, no idea. To be fair. I, I, sometimes, in the words of Michael Scott, I start a sentence and I don't quite know where it's going to take me. Oh. Um, and I hope that it just finds its natural conclusion along yeah. the way. It's interesting. It get there. You know, I finished. I finished the office the other week. Oh yeah, yeah. I I always. It's like um. It's like a. It's like a good book. I always. I don't like to watch the last few episodes because then it's over. Oh, I would have. Th- I would have thought you don't like. To, you wouldn't like to watch the last few episodes because the whole the last season is shit. Do you really think so? Do you yes, really not like it? It's terrible. It's not great. It's is objectively it? terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not particularly good. Um, but yes, of course, we are a music and movies podcast, and each week we will talk to you about some of the most interesting forgotten gems that have ever existed. Now, this isn't a Disney film, is it? No, it's DreamWorks, and it's, it's DreamWorks. It's DreamWorks before they switched to uh, computer animation. Right, because obviously the big DreamWorks properties are you know Shrek and Shrek, the likes, yeah. and they're all uh, computer animated. Whereas these uh, these are hand drawn, so much more in the kind of Disney Renaissance kind of style. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean it's this like, was made yeah. in ninety eight. Yes, it's height of Disney Renaissance. You had the hikes of like Hercules and whatnot. You're 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 right though. It, it's uh, it was a it is a bit of a I mean, as I said, I watched it and I'm like, this is a Disney film to anyone else who would watch this. But it is that kind of little niche area of DreamWorks doing that style of animation. Um, yeah, because there's really not that many of them. There's no, the, there's there isn't. this, there's the direct-to-video kind of prequel spin-off thing, which is Joseph King of Dreams. Oh, King, the King of Dreams, <laughs> Joseph Alex. King of Dreams, which is obviously another story from La Bible. The Prince of Egypt, the King of Dreams. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? The Queen of Hearts. A bit of Alice. That's Disney. Yeah. Disney Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the Jack of Knobs. <laughs> not as it, like heads, heads. Not the old English term for head is knob. Is it? Yes. Right. Did you not know that, yes. Alex? <laughs> the Jack of Knobs. A jacking a knob. Oh my God. <laughs> Alex, I've if got we, some no, no, interesting no, no, no. fact. If, if we ever, if we ever held out hope for having an episode which was family friendly, the it's like, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do a DreamWorks <laughs> animated, you know, the nice, uh, nice family kind of <laughs> vibes. It's like, no, we're going to talk about drunk Scottish, uh, <laughs> drunk Scottish naked people in high love Park it. with their knobs out. I love oh, it. And, yeah, and they're not their heads. Out. No, not their heads out. Oh, not, not their, their heads. heads out. We're using right. the old English terms on right. this podcast, yeah. Alex. Okay. It's old English terminology. I've used walloper. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'll tell you, there was nothing what that thing would ever wallop. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was, it was, do you know, I was literally was showing it around my colleagues, and literally all of them went, Do you know the sad thing about it is the misrepresentation from Scotland from that boy? Absolutely. <laughs> Poor lad. Poor lad. It's quite funny, though. It's that it's, uh, we can talk about this inappropriately off air for hours. Like, it was so yeah. funny that video. And, and I am not joking, as bald as the day he was born. <laughs> Not a hair on he, him. Did you see the photo of him getting arrested, by the way? Yeah, He does. looked utterly gormless. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, he looked like the most unintelligent... I mean, I'm sure he will... But he will be forever famous for that. He will be forever famous. Um, sorry, Prince of Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Now, I've got an interesting fact for you to start off, Alex. Yeah, this movie was is actually banned in three countries. Ah. Now, I'm going to say two of them. Can you tell me what the third country is? First one is Malaysia. Right. Second one is the Maldives. And the third one is... Egypt. It is Egypt. Yes. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Ah, very Because very occasionally, I also do a little bit of research. Ooh, not often, but it does often. happen. <laughs> now... I do, I do enjoy when the film starts. We do get the little signposting, like, oh, there's a true story in here somewhere, just, just so you're all, just so you're all paying attention. Yeah. Thinking caps on, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. But uh, I, I, I liked it, and, and specifically, deliver us to the promised land. It was a really epic entry to this film. Really like, epic entry. Do, and do you know, do you know what I've, I've, I've learned, and there's a couple of times where I've learned this, is that how they have used the animator's time and the, the the production of the whole film is they've done it in you know in the same way as like any film you've got major action sequences and stuff if, if you've got like a um yeah like your a, set like a, pieces your set pieces exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and, and typically what you would imagine for animations is those set pieces they're, they're kind of the peaks and the troughs of the production value and the production scale don't really mirror the same way that a live action set pieces would. Does that make sense? I know yeah, what I'm trying yeah, to yeah. say here. I think so. Um, yeah. So, so, so basically, but, but to, to finish this point, deliver us to the promised lands is one of a couple of what we call set pieces in this. And this is the other yeah. one at the end when he parts the, the part, parts the Red Sea and they have the, the, the typical peaks and troughs that you would imagine from like an action movie or something, yeah. because the amount of production value that went into those two parts, and I'll get onto the Red Sea, but it was amazing how much time and how much effort went into actually yeah. creating that, uh, that, that live act, uh, sorry, that, um, that musical number. Yeah. I'm and, also, and I'm s- also guessing, uh, the chariot race probably falls under that category as well. Yeah. And well, probably the plagues as well. I reckon those are the kind of, like yeah, the pillars of that movie. Ex- exactly, exactly. But but even the style of the animation from the Red Sea, and we will get back to it because that it, it genuinely that one blew me away. And so and so did the. It's all. It's just so stylistic and just so. It's weird how it's so brutal, but yet so just clinical. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like as you watch it, all the edges are hard and rounded. Like it's not a particularly like soft edged film. And I like it how when you start watching this, like the tones and the colors, like you have that that mauve color palette. Yeah. But also, the song is just so. It, it's it's so vibrant and it different and it and it doesn't really tonally clash if that makes sense. It's kind of like Les Mis, like look down kind of star, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it very much so. Yeah, and and it's yeah, it's it's brutal. I, I really enjoyed this, and I think for Phil Scott, I mean, I'd never watched this film before. Had you, you not? That's no, very interesting I've, because I've, this is the first time I'd ever watched it. And you said the same thing as Maddie. Maddie was like, "How did? How have you never watched this?" That's very 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 interesting because you know it might not it might not be so important in in your life in your life now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you did uh, go to Sunday school when you were a kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I raised a raised a Catholic. Raised, yes. raised a Catholic. I yes. was I was not. I was I was across the street in the other one. Yeah, but <laughs> into these Romans we hate the Christians. That's all we were doing. Oh my days! But uh, see this. No, thing. I saw. Can I take I my was, eyes off it? I was definitely I mean, introduced to this movie I'm, through. I'm gonna through put that. this in your body. <laughs> 
Sorry, Nobody the, gets that joke. You know we're going to be people... doing, re, no, redoing no, no. The, the crucifixion joke from yeah. Billy Connolly. Do you know how many people have not listened to the crucifixion by Bill, <laughs> Billy Connolly? Yeah. It's criminal. If, if you haven't listened to the crucifixion, it's a, it's a famous comedy skit from Billy Connolly. We're going to interlace this episode with those references. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, I was introduced to this movie when I went to Sunday school as a kid. And I think mm. it was shown there in tiny little scene snippets right so like i I'd, I'd definitely seen scenes of it and i think i probably watched the whole thing on my own time when mm. i was about when i was about the same age and at the same kind of stage in my life but yeah it surprises me that that's not something that you were exposed to uh, in that environment no no i was exposed to very different things at my time in sunday school oh and uh... <laughs> <laughs> right one <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some interesting facts for you here, Alex. Yeah, go on. Only five of the voice actors and actresses do both singing and speaking parts for the characters. So you've yeah. got Ra- Ralph Fiennes. Did you read this one as well, Ralph Fiennes? No, I could. I could hear it. You can tell. Yeah, yeah you can, Michelle. You, you can tell who's. Was there is is very very interesting. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, who, who does well. Martin Short, Steve Martin, and. Ofra Haza, or Haza, I, I don't quite know how to pronounce that name. Um, all of the other parts have different singers from their speakers. Yeah. And this is something that, th- this is a gone, this is a this is a bygone way to do this, right? I mean, this this was a, a piece of its time, wasn't it? Yeah. To, but hang to, on, to do the hang casting on. I, in I've this got, way. I got a, I'm, I'm confused about a little, a little thing. You said Ofra Ofra. Haza, is it? Yes. Is it Haza, Haza? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that yeah. the singing voice for Moses, though? So Ofra Hazer recorded her famous River Lullaby oh, while no. singing. No, I know. I think it's a slightly different one. So she she was the, I think she sang as the mum when she was giving Moses away. Because the other fact I have is she recorded her famous River Lullaby while singing actually to a baby doll to allow oh, yeah. herself to express her, the, as much emotion as possible. Yeah, that was that was me being a total idiot because I was just seeing um, Ofra Hazel and I lost the tracks on, oh, on, right, on iTunes and they were all ones that Moses sang. sang. So that's ah. uh, me looking like a complete tip. <laughs> no, so no, there no, we no, go. <laughs> but, but, but like... It, I think it's a, just a, as, a, as an observation overall. I mean, you typically cast animators in music. I mean, like, take take for example the new. The, the, well, I'm trying to think the most recent one, The Lion King. That new Lion King. It it was like, how do we get around this? Or why don't we just ca- cast singers instead of casting the actors yeah, and doing it and doing a, it that way? It is a very kind of like antiquated way of doing the voice acting because if we if we talk about the uh, Disney Renaissance. Right. So you, you've got big movies like The Lion King, for example. Yeah. The Lion King is a really, really fantastic example where Simba is voiced by Matthew Broderick. Yes. Matthew yeah, yeah, Broderick yeah. is not singing the no. those songs. But Jeremy Irons is singing his part yeah, as Scar. Yeah. So yeah. It, and 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 it goes right the way through those eras of of animation where you get kind of like the good guys have to have perfect angelic singing voices. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah. The, because but the bad guys are a little bit more flawed and yeah. you always, and they always got the, so you can kind of see the kind of artistic decision behind those choices. But then I was mm. thinking of that theory and I was like, well then why is, Maybe maybe Michelle Pfeiffer's just singing because she's a really good singer. I don't know. Probably is a pretty good singer. I mean, you could imagine they all are. Sandra Bullock, oh, yeah, she's got to be a good singer they, as well. 
But I mean, but you, but you're right. I mean, like, okay, Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, yeah, they're, bad guys. They're, yeah, exactly. And there is one song in this that's terrible. <laughs> I'm, yes. not, I'm not going to shy away from. Right. Okay. Fair uh, well, I'm, I wonder what you think that song might be. Oh, Brenda and, and Brenda Chapman briefly voices adult Miriam singing the lullaby to Moses, but the lullaby their mother sang to them before putting them in the basket, which was initially a scratch voice in post-production. So Sa- Sally Dworsky was meant to replace her singing, um, but actually the track turned out so well that it remained in the movie. So there's an example where the actress actually... Um, actually, I, I, like, did, did the voice overall, although Brenda Chapman, I think, was the director. For for a large yeah, part, yeah, yeah, she was. She was one of three. So, yeah, so very much a bit of her voicing in the singing piece as well, uh, which is absolutely. really interesting. Yeah, because you, obviously there there is that theory that I said previously about you know the good guys and the bad guys and stuff like that. But then if you're doing lots of takes where lots of different people doing different options of things, you're going to just choose the sound files that you know yeah. sound the best, yeah. really. Which yeah. I think is probably where the Michelle Pfeiffer and Brenda Chapman thing comes in, where you're like, oh well, that doesn't really go with the mold, but actually it it, it sounded really good, so let's just use, yeah. use those. And did did Mariah Carey not do a cover of one of these? Did she not do a cover of When You Believe or If You Believe or something like well, this? Well, I mean, again, we're going back to the era of. Uh, well, it was Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Oh God, As a those duet. two powerhouses! My my goodness! And you know, if we're get, if we're going to talk about that central song right well, off we could, the bat, we could do that. We could do that at the end if you want. We could we do, talk, yeah, we could, we could circle back. Right, it's to definitely it. worth it's definitely worth talking about it because it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the thing that everybody remembers out of this movie. Yeah, let's be it's honest, that's, it's that it's that, it's that you, song. See, I didn't even know what this movie was, but I know that song. I mean, the, the, yeah. this song was. Uh, I remember. It, I think it was someone in like X Factor or something like that sung it, and ever since then I'm like, oh, there we go. A yeah. When you believe number from uh, it was a little a little Glaswegian boy called Leon. If you remember that, I don't. You'll never remember that. I, a 2006 classic. Um, yeah. Uh, also, another little fun fun fact for you: in the Swedish dub, Marion was voiced by Carla Hagvist, who represented Sweden in the 1983 Eurovision Song Contest, amazing, finishing third. And in the same contest, Ofra Heza, so the voice of Yosheved, represented Israel, finishing second. Oh, amazing! A little. You, uh, uh, I know you like your little Eurovision. Have, have, facts. You, see, have you seen the movie of the Eurovision Song Contest? Uh, no. Song of Ice and Fire. I've never oh, no, seen that. Song is there, of Ice is there and Fire. Song, song of Ice and Fire. Is that what it is? Story, a very story, different... story of Fire Saga. <laughs> the Song of Ice and Fire would have been wonderful. Song of as, Ice and Fire. As, as the different nations of Westeros competing in the first ever Westerosi uh, na- Euro. Singing, it wouldn't be yours. Westervision <laughs> song competition. That would be. Um, so I and, and also just I think you mentioned the Lion King. It did take a lot of the stylist. I mean, like the um, more the, the sorry, not the stylist. The more like the, the editorial points of some of these amazing c- cartoons, because even just the way that they 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 cut to black sequences at the end of you know at the end of Circle of Life, it just cut to black scene, and and I, and yeah, I think that's yeah, quite yeah. iconic from The Lion King. And so I yeah. noticed a couple of times that they did that. Yeah, um, no, I mean, you you can definitely see a lot of inspirations there. I I think the the two high priests. As well, you know Martin Short. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There, there's, there's a short, fat one, and there's a rake. You know, mm. <laughs> um, who, who are also the two he- the the kind of body types of the two demonic henchmen of Hades and Hercules. I was going to say that's exactly uh, what I it, thought. It, yeah, it's, it's exact. It's identical. It's mm. it's just quite funny to see. Um, I like now you mentioned the chariot race. I enjoyed that. I, I just wrote now this is pod racing. Now this is pod it, racing. It was now that. 
Now this is pod racing. Absolutely. I, I just needed one of them to turn on the NOS. <laughs> now for, for, for those of you who behind this, I mean, that's one of the best pieces of dialogue in a movie. Sure, because the prequels did have the best dialogues. I mean, the high ground piece of it. No doubt. No but, doubt. But, but how, phrase, how else would we have known that Anakin hated sand if he yeah. didn't say that he hated sand? He hates sand, yeah. That's my it's question. Coarse, it's coarse and it rough and it gets everywhere. It does. Yeah. Even even in the places you don't want it. Yeah. And also, how could how can you be on the council and not be a master? Oh, it's, it's, it, it, it is there. But but I do think now this is pod racing is one of these ones where and I and I haven't leaned into this as much, but any time Alex and I are doing something and we're whether we're driving somewhere or we're we're in a bike together or even just having a pint. Being able to turn to my mate, you know, I've, I've known him my whole life and look him in the eye and just go, now this, this is pod racing. Absolutely. That, I, that's I, I always the, try and that's I try that's to say to it after that first sip of a cool, crisp pint. This, no, this is pod no, this racing. this is pod racing. No, this is pod racing. And that was pod racing. That was pod racing. And you know if you know. If something is pod racing, it's something that you feel. It's something that you just, you watch and you go, this, this is it. Yeah, but I liked yeah. it. I liked the chariot race because it was Alex. Yeah. It was, it was pod, pod racing. It was pod yeah, yeah, racing. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Um, why is one of them British and one American? Um, because good guy, bad guy. Oh, that's it. Of course. Yes. Yeah. The bad guys are always British. Yes. And the good guys are always American. But but also, like, I mean, I when they're arguing, so I, I just some of the some of the the stylistic choices of the music out with the musical numbers are really, really amazing. I mean, yeah. just the high tempo strings when they're arguing and then when they start throwing the stuff all over the balcony, there's more tempo and the and the patterns to the background music are matching what you're seeing on screen. Like yeah. the kind of the back and forward between what we're watching on screen and the music that's being played, it was very, it was very, very integral at the start of the movie and it, and it did very much weave through i mean at the start it was a lot more tempo and fast and you know nice and i wouldn't say lighter touches but definitely more there was more beats to what you were watching yeah whereas as the film progressed a bit more it was more of the long sweeping numbers of the crowds walking following moses and it wasn't yeah, as yeah, yeah. it wasn't as staccato almost whereas a couple it's of points throughout this movie i i do like that kind of that modal shift almost of how the of how the the, the music kind of grows and it kind of almost like grows and gets more wise almost as it continues i i, I felt that very much with yeah some of the absolutely it, it's it's very interesting i do s distinctly remember enjoying the first half of the movie a lot more when i was a kid yeah interesting <laughs> than, than before and i think it was because of just having a chariot race mm. things like that and, pod me, racing. and me as a little kid going well this is pod racing mm, yeah um martin shaw who plays hugh is jack frost in the santa claus three it's not. Um, who do we think it is? What? Who plays Jack Frost in the Santa Claus 3? Who are we convinced it was? Oh, bloody... Uh, bloody... Bloody... Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. Uh, but it's not Alan Cumming. No, it's it's not. Martin Shaw. It's so Martin Shaw who plays Hugh or Huey. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh? We Huey. We Huey we, for the boys. We Huey. He plays We Huey. Um, another interesting voice actor that we haven't talked about Maybe you know who I'm who I'm getting on to. Someone who I think well, it could be anyone because the voice cast in this movie is incredible. It is amazing. It's it so is amazing. Good. <laughs> um, but there was one who I think, as time has progressed, it's become more and more of unique having this person voice acting, and you hear it, and you're like, oh goodness. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's Jeffy Boy. 
That's it. Jeff yeah, Goldblum. exactly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is. You listen to him in this, and you see him as Aaron, and there's something like, and I think it's. I think back in the day, this would have been fine, but in the way that which Jeff Goldblum has become such a, a figurehead of the zeitgeist of any sort of yeah, and dare, of everything. Dare I say it, a bit of a meme? <laughs> yeah, but but we talked about it. I mean, like he and himself is just a character now. Like yeah. Jeff Goldblum is the character as, as well. Yeah. And so when you when you hear him doing this before the kind of renaissance of Jeff Goldblum, yeah, you yeah. watch it and you're like, this is weird. Like this is weird hearing him really and hearing weird. him talk with conviction and talk talk with like, you know, as if he's really turned to, oh no, he is delivering the lines, but it is weird a little bit, isn't it? It is weird because you could also imagine, it wouldn't take too much for you to imagine that just out of nowhere, while he's, you know, chiseling away at his sandstone, he just starts talking about chaos theory. Yeah. And be, it, it wouldn't be out of place. And he would sort of lie loungingly with his shirt open. Absolutely. You know, it, made me, it made me ask the question, Alex, and I don't know if there's an answer for this. We, you know, obviously for the for for ill for ill reasons, sometimes, um, you know, like take Michael Jackson, obviously, and 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 after you know after all the scandals and stuff, some people couldn't listen to his music in the same way, and some people, yeah. um, you know, I've had this for a number of different people, and obviously actors. I think Kevin Spacey is a really good example of it. Yeah, but this might be one of those examples where it's almost like the opposite where a star's done a niche small little role somewhere and then they've gone on to stardom and now you look back at their 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 just sort of their more junior their more um uh, I, I guess subdued performances and you kind of it, it makes it quite difficult to watch or difficult to engage with do you think there's any other examples where an actor has done something when they're younger gone on to mega stardom and then when you go back and watch the small little things you you can't really watch it in the same way definitely um, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, one that comes to mind is some of the Ewan McGregor stuff, like Train Spotting, is is an example where it's very difficult to watch what is now a mega star, and you look at that, which is a pretty cult, you know. Old, I mean, you know, all, all these all these famous actors yeah. would have had something along those lines. I think, I think you're right about Ewan McGregor. I don't think Train Spotting is the best example because I think he went through significant enough a, a, a physical transformation. And mm. like it, it's it's culturally so kind of on the button that movie yeah. that like yeah. I I have watched that movie several times post Ewan McGregor superstardom and never been drawn out of it at all. I think a better example might be something like Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. I so moving away from Ewan McGregor, another one potentially is Mark Hamill. Because when you watch the when you watch the Star Wars films now, knowing about how he's just over the like he is just he is a meme in himself now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, and much. and you know hearing the Joker voicing, and if you ever watched him do the Joker voicing, like he's so animated in the booth, and then you look back at him as like you know young Luke Skywalker, and you go, there's a really big disconnect for what that guy turns into, um, you know, and grows into, and kind of moves with the times where he is. He's wonderful, Mark he Hamill, is, though. He is amazing. He's such a gem. But, but it's almost like they're two different people. And I guess like this is what I'm getting at with Jeff Goldblum in this. Like the Jeff Goldblum you're listening to in this, it's hard to see the difference between him and this and then him as Ragnarok, yeah, you know, no, as, the, as still, the Grandmaster. It's still just Jeff Goldblum though, isn't it? Yeah. The All I Ever Wanted, he he's singing that in his head, right? You know, you know when Moses is singing, he does that weird thing where there's quite a few sequences where they haven't animated... Moses singing or they haven't animated his lips yeah and it's singing in the background as he's like moving around 
Yeah. And that's a thing that doesn't happen anymore. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Do, yeah, do well, it's, I mean? Almost like, like I, a, it's almost it's almost like a soliloquy. Um, right. Well, a soliloquy, obviously, in stage when an actor addresses the audience, but his castmates or his story character mates, the people that are on stage with him, don't see or hear anything that he's saying. It, it, mm. it happens a lot in Shakespeare when... Um, something just needs explained to the audience and everyone will freeze on stage and one character will just be like just so you know this guy's this one there and he's sleeping with her and he's um oh okay exactly and back exactly and the film makes a very very good point back to prince of egypt of identifying what is commentary on the story in the characters heads so for example um all i ever wanted or the plagues that amazing duet between ramesses and yeah. moses later and yeah yeah and when somebody is actually singing somebody a song like mm. um through heaven's eyes for example which i quite mm. liked and also well when you believe etc etc now, one one part of this movie I thought was amazing. We we'll go back to the animation. Was the hieroglyph, the hieroglyphics, the chase montage? That kind of two point five D. It wasn't like two D. It wasn't three D. I thought that was so clever how they how they did that and how they showed the the, the kind of the hiding and the running of the guards. You know, every so often you're watching it on the wall, and then every so often they would come out around the pole or something like this. Yeah, it to, was a, it was so it was a vision. I, I, it was a vision kind of dream sequence where Moses is seeing the hieroglyphs of a story come to life and he's like in the hieroglyphs with them and you get this sort of sense when those things are on like a 2d backdrop on a wall or on a pillar and moving you you do get this sense and this is where i think it's quite clever of not being able to escape Mm, because yeah 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 because if you've got loads of 2d animated guards coming running at you along a pillar and you're also on the pillar it's 2d there's nowhere to hide that you can't yeah. do it and you do get the kind of like that sense of claustrophobia claustrophobia yeah and i think that's exactly what that sequence was trying to convey as well the fact that because the, the story that was being told was that pharaoh ordered his guards to uh kill it's rough oh it's, it's rough. a rough the story is isn't mad. it I've, I've this is the, and in fact in my notes this is where this is where i started to I watched this in two parts and I started to get a bit tired at one bit. And this is near the end of the first, my first half of right, me. Okay. Some of my notes, some of my notes are a bit silly here, Alex. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shield you from that. Is there, Maybe is, there cover big, your is there a big WTF just <laughs> at the top of the page going, wait, he ordered them to do what? Yeah. I, I just put killing fucking babies yeah. though. Firstborn, that's my notes. Firstborn, firstborn children, firstborn yeah. children, which yeah, we'll exactly. come back to we will. on the bottom. Yes. But, and uh, the other the other weird fact I've got is when Moses went away, had Moses got a bar of the <laughs> Moses got a bar of soap up the arras, didn't he? I mean, you know that sequence when they're cleaning him. That's, that, that, it was pretty heavily implied that it was like bend over, let's get the, let's get that ring cleaned. It was pretty. <laughs> oh, it was pretty heavily implied. Watch back to it. Yeah, um, it, could, it could have been taken out of coming to America. It could have been. <laughs> yeah, it's clean. Um, and the other part I put is through heaven's eyes. That's a quite a difficult song to listen to. Is I it? thought that was yeah. I found it quite a difficult. I mean, watching it, it was like when you watch it with context, you're like, "This is good," but it's quite a all over the place song. There's not really a natural tempo that I found with "Through Heaven's Eyes." I thought it was quite a difficult one. Does it have quite a lot of Bible passages 
in the lyrics as well, th- written throughout it. I don't know if that was the one. There's I a couple of them that I have... don't know if they're, you know, direct quotes or anything like mm. that, but it does... A lot of the lyrics are very kind of, like, philosophical. And the whole yeah, point yeah. Of, the whole point of the song is very um, theological. Mm, and actually, mm. it's a very theological movie, actually. I mean, mm. who, who, knew, who knew a Bible story made into a movie would be <laughs> theological? I mean, who, yeah. who knew that? And um, Yeah, my, just my last fact on that point is I've just put my last one. Is Christianity is cool, man. Thumbs up. <laughs> that was well, there. And that was the end of that. It's was the very end of the first half of me. It's very, very interesting that you went with Christianity there. <laughs> yeah, because, Hebrewism. Well, no, but if, uh, uh, well, and also Islam. Islam, yeah, it's uh, cool, man. It's, it's, <laughs> no, well, I know. I'm joking. I just, I do picture like trying to show this in Sunday school. Like I, I've said this before in the show. Like my experience of Sunday schools was like you look back at it and you're like, oh god. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, in a funny way, and, and yeah, in a funny. Way. There, there are sometimes things like that. But I was, I was watching this movie, and I was thinking, but yeah, but you couldn't do this movie in any other way. Like, it is a, it is a story from the Bible mm. or the Torah or whatever. But there's, there's no real way to make it secular. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You couldn't do this movie now, could you? Yeah, of course would you, you could. Be able to, but would you? Would, this wouldn't be in the cinemas and stuff now, would it? I mean, why not? I don't know. I just think it's quite. I think everyone's got an opinion nowadays. This is this is back in the days when you couldn't just voice your opinion about this. Like any anything any anything that in any way either slights one religion or or um, puts another on a pedestal, you, you can't really do that now. Like, there's no real tolerance for that in mainstream culture anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, I I think that's why every so often when a major like you know a Christian film gets put forward at the Oscars and stuff, the, the the it gets unrightly just snubbed away because it's like oh it's Christian. Whereas actually it's like well no watch the movie for what it is. And this I don't know if this would have I th- I think this is a really big thing of its time. This movie like yeah. they, they, there's a reason why they haven't made these movies anymore or like these kind of movies are no longer in the popular culture i th- i think well we had and, and we had recent live action movies we had a we had a noah with russell crowe we did yeah that's right we, and and the exodus which was exodus. i'll get back to that i've got facts on, on that one in fact i've got the i've got it here val kilmer was the first actor to play moses and bruce wayne uh in batman uh, in batman batman forever 1995 the second was christian bale who played the characters in the dark knight trilogy and Exodus, Gods of Kings. I like to think. So a little, I like. Uh, I, I really like to think that that's something they're tracking before there was yeah. a second example of it. I, I I like to think that after Val Kilmer, and um, people were sitting around going, "I wonder who's going to be the next actor to play both Moses and Batman." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 just to go back to the point I was making, right? Because here's an interesting fact, right? The voice of God, okay, for for the voice of doing to avoid controversy was was played by all of the major actors. So the actors were told to whisper the lines so none would dominate the performance. But by the time they got around to having Val Kilmer read his lines, they realized they needed someone to be louder. So you can still hear the rest of the cast whispering beneath Kilmer's voice as God. So he did the voice of God yes. mainly, but they did have all the other ones in there. And I just think it's it's interesting, like, you know, back to that point, with it, with any other style of movie, like I think religious movies, they everyone just has to be really acutely aware of, like they don't want to offend or insult anyone, and so there's that kind of you're you're already going into it. No, absolutely. Kind of just with that awareness, I don't know, and I, I just also, think that people don't do that, that much anymore. That point about um about 
basically what we got in the movie was Val Kilmer voicing God. I mean, if we're, yeah. if we're looking at it in its most simplistic way, it's the, it's the voice of Val Kilmer or, you know, the voice of Moses sure. doing it. And I actually think that has a very interesting artistic point to it because mm. it's the idea that even though we're seeing uh, we're see, seeing physical manifestations of God's power, the fact that the dialogue or the communication is still sort of within Moses's head as it, as it were, or at mm. least voiced by his own voice mm, mm. means that we still don't really know God. No, we still don't really yeah. know. We can still, we can see his miracles as they say yeah, in, yeah. in the movie, but we still don't know, know him. And I think keeping that mystery alive and keeping it is is what really roots this movie in all those different cultures faiths yeah because it is yes. quite problematic because you did mention up top that this movie was banned in three countries yeah. and did you happen to read why they were banned so i i didn't know i know okay so in those three countries at the time they were banning and and still presently now are uh, very you know, conservative Islamic countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Islam, there's a lot of to and fro about whether or not you're allowed to depict prophets. Right. Yes. And you're you're definitely Char- Charlie Hebdo has made this decision though, <laughs> yes, hasn't he? Absolutely. You're definitely not allowed to depict God, but um, but not so much that you you're not allowed to, but it's just that you can't because nobody yeah. nobody could possibly. Uh, realize exactly what god is and how they did it in this movie really sort of respects that fact i think for me because it is important to a lot of people but also the prophets as well very specifically muhammad you're not allowed to draw muhammad but also the other or allah well but that's god so yeah 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 right (laughs) um and the other prophets of which of which moses was one again pretty not okay to Mm to depict them so that's kind of why they were oh i see i see okay that's why those countries banned this movie because it was a depiction of most and and also god is represented here i think in a very respect with an american accent though <laughs> with a val kilmer accent yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so yeah it does kind of, it does kind of toe the line but watching it i was actually thinking that it was done very tastefully and very very well because i was kind of watching this movie I'd not watched it in years and I and I and I was kind of nervous a little bit. I was thinking, oh, I really hope this isn't like really ramming ramming at home. I hope this isn't yeah. I hope this isn't really like ham fisted, you know, yeah. religious stuff. Because I I'd I I've still haven't really formed my you know final opinion on faith and stand by everyone no, it'll, it'll abs- be coming soon <laughs> genuinely this is just something i i too i too yeah, yeah. in my whole life i wouldn't describe myself i definitely wouldn't describe myself as an atheist but i also mm. you know i don't really go to church regularly so i don't often identify as a christian either so i so so sometimes when things are like you know ramming things down my throat i kind of on one side or the other i kind of get a bit of a negative response to that but i don't think that this movie was that at all no i i completely agree and like as i as i said maddie likes this movie and maddie's not religious at all but she has fond memories of this movie so i think that's i think that's i think you're right i think it 
it bridges both gaps. Per- I mean, even if you're very religious, I would imagine you watch this and really enjoy it. Definitely. And if you're not, you can also watch this and enjoy it. So it does all three things. It appeals to everyone and it stood the test of time, which is really quite, which is really quite, you know, organic. That, that's a really, that's exactly where you would want to be when you create this movie. Yeah, I'd say so. And on, you know, in three countries to ban it, there's a lot of there's a lot bigger movies that have been banned in a lot more countries. Yeah, okay, I'm sure absolutely. I'm sure they're not holding out for the Egypt market. I think I think, <laughs> the I, think I think if they'd gone down the Monty Python route of uh, depicting God, where where the where the big Fuck guy me, the big guy movie. with the beard and the crown appears in the clouds and Moses goes, "Good idea, good good idea, oh Lord." He goes, "Cause it's a good idea." <laughs> I think if they'd done that, I think maybe more countries might have had a bit of more of a problem with it. But you know, right? Let, but let's let's unhook that because the because the other video of course is the life of brian one have you seen there was an old interview i can't remember it was a british talk show where they had some senior members of of the church on and michael palin and john cleese and you watched at the time the interview was posed that these senior clerks from from uh from the roman catholic church were in the right and actually john cleese and and martin um sorry john cleese and michael palin should have been on there to um apologize for what they were what they were yeah. doing and what they were saying have you seen this and you yeah. and you watch it nowadays and you go no hang on a minute like michael palin and john cleese have, have very legitimate points to say you know we're, we're actually not we're we're we're, ha- we're telling our own story jesus is in the life of life of brian he's in the background he's doing his thing we're telling a different story yeah, and he's never They're not made blasphemous. fun of at all no he's never made and, fun of and it's and and but even still, like I, it annoys me that they have to justify themselves to that point. Like it that is. does annoy me. Yeah. But but at the same point in time, it's like, like what are we? What? Are, why? Why would you get? So, like, is this really the most important thing that the church really needs to be worrying about right now? Like, is this the top of the concern? It it blew my it blows my mind that kind yeah, of no, stuff. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, it really the does. pick your battles. Something I didn't like about this movie, Alex, and I mentioned up top, I. Do not like the song you're playing with the big boys now. No, is I think it, it's a terrible song. Is it because there's only one lyric in it and it's it, playing with the big boys now? That's all they sing. It's that. The animation is that, and it's all the actually the one thing I do like about the song because I do agree with you. It's a bit of a hokey song, and it's just an excuse to have a bit of like a villainous kind of uh, mm. rhythmic number, a la mm. Scar. Again, yeah. This is this is be prepared. This is be prepared. Yeah. But the one thing I did actually like about it was the very rhythmic uh, chanting of all the Egyptian gods' names. Mm-hmm, how that mm-hmm. was kind of like woven in and stuff like that. I, yeah, that was yeah. that was quite nice. But the actual like core of the song, yeah, is a bit it's a bit pants. <laughs> but you could have removed this song and the whole movie would be exactly the same because nothing actually happens after. If you notice that they go, they're like play with the big boy noise. He's like cool, and then they just Moses Ramesses just go away for a walk, and they're like fucking weird wasn't it what was that, <laughs> that well, was all about. i think i think it served us the audience more than it served the story because i think you're i think you're right i don't think anything changed for the characters in that song but it did kind of change for us as for for us the viewer because it was the first example yeah. of you know the egyptian priest basically saying oh no this is just a trick and yeah. we can do that too and i quite liked that idea that pharaoh was basically justifying his denial of the situation by saying oh well my priests can perform these kind of miracles as well so there's there's i'm so sorry there's two boys outside with leaf blowers and you can hear this now um that is the height of it one of them's got it up like he thinks he's one of the ghostbusters honestly he's cutting about with this leaf they're trying to dry the yeah but wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't you if you had a leaf blower i think you yeah, would yeah you would do you like the ghost you didn't like the, the latest movie did you the ghostbusters no 
because of all the women. He, he hated it for that. <laughs> People will start thinking that's true if you keep saying it. I, I swear. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, Alex. Women can do it just as well as men, Alex. Right, okay. I'm, 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 I'm right. Alex. <laughs> I will convince you. I'm just not engaging in this. I'm just not engaging. Did you know? Did you know yep. that the that the scoring for this music? I know you did, because why wouldn't you? I'm just setting it up. Was composed by Hans Zimmer. Oh, I did, you Alex. Did. I did. I thought it was very. I thought it was very. But it wasn't him that did it all, though, was it? Well, Stephen Schwartz wrote the songs. Stephen yes, Schwartz wrote yeah. the songs, but all of the instrumentals, all the all the the scoring of the movie was done by Hans Zimmer. And I thought it kinda was... Kind of like Lion King. <laughs> kind of like Lion King, exactly. But I thought it was really good. Yeah, I it just, was very good. Just like Lion King, he gave it a sort of gravitas that you often don't think that animations would really get. You, can't, you kind right. of look at these, especially this era of animations, and you go, all right, you know, predominantly kids movies you know let's have you know music that like functions and things like that but if if you actually sit and think about it i think that's actually more of a reason for music to be more kind of like extroverted and over the top because you do because i think when 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 you're watching something as a kid and you're not always tracking the ebbs and flows of the dialogue and reading between those lines and stuff you do sort of in the back of your mind, rely on the music to give you that uh, the the emotional weight of a scene and to get invested in the drama. And I don't think that's something that's ever really realized in in mm. most people. But I think having big, big, important music in mm. these sort of mediums is just really incredible mm. to see. And he does kind of he does blow it out of the park. The, there's the five. There's a five minute sort of suite in the middle of the soundtrack called the burning tree mm. that whole sequence where god is uh, talking to moses for the first time and he's the burning bush is is there and he explains what he's going to do and stuff and the music is incredible yes. like soaring strings and you know angelic voices really close harmonies and gorgeous chords and things like that it's yeah. really really stunning stuff and and the haunting violin, obviously, uh, you know, when Ramesses' son dies after the Angel of Death sequence. I mean, that's that's one of the. You're like, oh, know, this right. is this is incredible music. Um, it really it really is like a knock out the park. I just think the plagues kind of make no sense. I mean, in the story, it's quite an evil thing for a good guy to do, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Especially when you know, like the frogs and the locusts is fine. The boils and then the angel of death and the blood of the the blood turning the, the Nile to blood. It's like yeah, it's the it's oh. the whole kind of vengeful God piece. Do you mm. know what I mean? And I think um, it, it's it's an aspect of religion that it's, it's like that. That's the bit that I don't really get. That, no, I don't like. It. Are we the baddies? No, it's not. It's not so much that. It's not so much that. The, the thing I don't get is if, in these particular stories is the idea that uh, an all-powerful being would be like deliberately vindictive and um, spiteful, spiteful and reactionary. And yes, of course, you could say you know hundreds and like generations and generations of slaves of just is one people, and that justifies you know all of that but it's a bit of a hard line to 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 toe in in my mm. personal opinion but it 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 did carry a lot of emotional weight in in this 
in this movie. Because, mm. of course, I'm not going to sit was... there and go, well, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. Of course not. <laughs> but... <laughs> Now I was talking about the the parting of the red. I'm so sorry about that leaf blower. He's uh, genuinely there's a boy just he's drying a tennis court with a leaf blower. Jeez, like saving the planet down here. Well done, Carl. Why bother? It's going to start raining again any minute. It's going to say it's going to start raining again. This is nonsense. There we go. That's him stopped it now. He heard us. Very good. He's looking up. That's right. I'm talking about you, dickhead. Look at him. He knows what he's done. Um, so the the animation of the parting of the Red Sea. Now I put it was absolutely incredible. My fact, I mean, g- genuinely, I think that is one of the best pieces of anim, like that whole animation sequence. I think that's one of the best pieces of animation I've seen for its time. But but also, I mean. It's it's got to be up there. Like that's one of the, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm, now, and are, we are, are in the age about, of. Are you talking about the shot of the open sea and yeah, looking down yeah. the chasm? Because so, the, the, so the fringes, whole the whole thing the, because the fringes of it were really beautiful. It was kind of um, open, kind of like a almost like a bird. Do you know what I mean? Like mm, a bird's wings yeah, yeah, yeah. doing something like that. And then also, I think you were probably going to say as you know the 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 two D sort of landscape of yeah. them walking through the trench and then you get whales and stuff. Oh, it was amazing, yeah. It was a whale like... shark, by the way, based on the way that it moves its tail, I read somewhere. Oh, it was a whale God, shark. You can just say... I love it. You could just say whale. Whale shark. Whale right. shark, Alex. Fine. Right. There is a very big difference in which the way it moves its tail. But no, you're, you're, you're right. It's it's. I, I thought it was amazing. And the fact that I found out, it for that, for the four-minute parting of the Red Sea sequence, it took 10 animators almost two years to complete wow two years that's mad and you watch it and i i as i said i watched this and i'm like my god i think this is one of the best pieces of animation i've seen in so long it's so much stands up yeah and and i'm and i'm thinking about like some of the most amazing sequences in animation i mean you you've got i mean i think some of the best animation i've seen most recently has come from love death and robots yeah which if you've not seen i mean Oh my god, that is incredible! Absolutely incredible. But this, it really stands up. I mean, again, it goes back to that peaks and troughs. Like you see what I mean. Like this is one of these set pieces that they've clearly just put so much time and effort into. I thought it was amazing, um, and and the music is just magnificent. Especially you know at the end when he stumbles forward with the Ten Commandments. It it's it is biblical music yeah. for what you're watching. Yeah, really, I, really I, I, is. I genuinely was so impressed with, you know, like with the, with the, it's like everyone jokes about Phil Collins doing the Tarzan stuff. You know, he didn't need to go to the, to the, to the end of the green, but he did. And thank God, like, this is exactly the same. Like, and and the only thing I've got left to say, Alex, is, I mean, unless you've got any other facts, but this is one of the easiest two thumbs up I've ever given. Like the music just properly holds this Well, we didn't come back to the Whitney Houston banger, did we? Oh yeah, the sorry, sorry, song. yeah, 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 yeah. Central song. When you when you believe it's a it's a great song. It is a great like, song. Like it's a really good song. I'm gonna upset some um, people. Oh yeah. Th- this I it's so hard not to get caught up in songs like this. Yeah, yeah. It's not my cup of tea. Do you know when something's really? do you know when so, do you know when something is just very definitely in the camp of yeah. its very specific genre? And yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart will go on. Or is it your heart will go like on? Something like that. Kind of stuff. And, then, and, and regardless of like how well the song, in the case of when it's in the movie, how well it services the story, because it does service it very, very well. Um, regardless of that, you're still going to like, oh, God. 
This yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this and, isn't time And that there's well. a couple of things, and again, I'm going to upset some people. Because the style of singing, the Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, <laughs> extending into Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, goes yeah, thing yeah. in my head? Every time I hear stuff like that, I go, right, but where's the tune? Yeah. What note <laughs> is the actual note? Can you just yeah, sing yeah, the yeah, tune, yeah. please? It's that's very, very impressive. On a exactly, exactly. That's very, very impressive. I have yeah. no idea where the melody is. And yeah, exactly. That, yeah. It winds me up to no end. And ever and people will hate me. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get shit off my sisters for this. But and, and it just does. And also very, very, very cheesy, cheesy nineties oh, um, yes. so harkening back to the eighties sort of sort of yes. sounds with really, really shonky ham-fisted modulations that don't deserve to be there. They just whack up a key. Just I think it happens twice or three times where they oh just my God. where they just fin where they just finish either a chorus or a verse, and then they just sing it again, but a semitone or a tone. You hang. will when you believe there can be miracle. There can be miracle. Oh like, my! Songs, songs <laughs> modulate all the time, but there are clever ways to sort of like there disguise can it. Be but there are clever ways to disguise it in this song, and also in the in the very random "Why is it there, boys to men?" track that's in the credits. Yeah. There's just yeah. these really. These modulations that are the equivalent of getting hit in the face by a brick wall, and, and I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. It's just, it's just not my bag, honestly. It's just, and that very effective, and it's hard not to get swept up in it. But, but you know, the eyes are rolling in the back of the head. I the for whole, one, I way. for one, love it, Alex. And you're giving it how many thumbs up though? I'm, I'm giving it two. I'm giving, yeah, it, I'm giving yeah, it too. Because, is that because you love the singing so much? Oh though, yeah, hundred percent. Do you know what though? I did actually really enjoy that "Boys to Men" track. Oh, you did? I actually yeah? really, really enjoyed that because it's actually largely a cappella. There's not a huge amount of instrumental production that goes underneath it, and it's mm, actually, yeah. actually some really nice chords and stuff like that. It's it's some very cheesy singing, yes, and there's a couple of very cheesy freight train modulations, um, in there, but. <laughs> But I, freight train modulations, yeah, I like absolutely. that. Absolutely, but I I actually really liked it, and I wonder if there was a version of that song that was going to be part of the movie because there, there's nothing there's nothing in the movie that is relevant to that song. It's just a song that's in the credits, but it still ha but yeah. it still has a lot of uh, faith and theolo theological kind of like themes going through yeah, the song yeah, as well. Yeah, so I yeah, wonder yeah. if there was a version somewhere that was going to be in the movie but didn't quite make it. I'm not sure. Well, talk, talking of weird versions, there is a weird death metal version of you're playing with the big boys now <laughs> on YouTube. It's, so it's quite... Wait, it's are you, a lot are, more appropriate. Is there actually? Is there actually? Amazing. Yeah, oh, there is Google, Google. You're playing with the big boys now. I think it's like the second video. Moving forward? Yeah, let's move. Now, let's get into it. Loki, <laughs> episode two. Spoilers ahead. Alex, what do you think? 
I'm Do we want to just a, go through this? I'm going to make a grand sweeping statement. Do it, mate. Better than WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's toast. I mean, I would go as far as say this is one of the most engaging engaging things Marvel has created in a long time. It's It seriously is. It seriously is. It's so, so good. But again, just actually, just like in WandaVision, I know WandaVision were only, was only 25-minute, 30-minute episodes, but I, I always felt they were much much shorter in that than that yeah, yeah. they always felt like 15 minute episodes no they did and, yeah and by the same degree and i think that's just because of how engaging they were especially in the front half of them because mm. the front half you didn't know what was going on mm. and just like that the loki is so so engaging with like the tva owen wilson's so good oh he's and, amazing and tom hiddleston really knocking it out of the park as well it's just and the the mystery behind it and the you know the threat of maybe threat's the wrong word but the kind of overbearance of the timekeepers somewhere yeah omnipotent yeah, power omnipotent, yeah yeah and it just it's so so much to sort of enjoy about watching it and it, they're hour-long hour-long episodes but i swear every time in both episodes I, I swear they're only half an hour max yeah i know i know I you're right i just want a bit more there's so much i just want more to dive into it's just a it's a nerd's fantasy it really is i mean i and i thought i i, I the, the intro was very good i mean i i didn't think the song i need a hero was particularly well placed that, that's been showing up quite a lot recently and we're going to talk about something else that that song is is is, is um, played a part in recently, but um, I I thought a lot of it was very good, but it made me think the TVA they got to get some better wet they got they they need some guns or something like those 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 combat the batons. They're, they're kind of useless and they're kind of just like, they just had the shit kicked out of them so much throughout this episode. I'm like, why did they just have guns? Yeah. Why don't they, or, or blasters or something like this, like some Peter Quill-esque blasters. Like you've got to be something like that that they can just make. Yeah. They've got bloody time. They've got infinity stones. Like why don't they just use power stones? That would be quite novel, wouldn't it? I guess they don't really work there though, do they? The power, the, the, the infinity stones. I do love well, that. Well, I, I think it's also the fact that the, the, the infinity stones don't work in the TVA, but there's also nothing to suggest that the actual people that work in the tv are powerful enough to wield an infinity stone when Ooh. they actually step onto you know yeah, the plane are, of yeah. existence yeah if yeah you, if you know what i mean so i loved all the different types of loki as well like the little introduction of all the different all the different lokis that we saw um yeah. i think we're probably going to see more of those i think they're probably going to try and show some really fun and weird and interesting lokis yeah um and I, I thought it was really great. And then I, I, I made a point, the, 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 evil, the evil Loki, the one that we know before we get to who that was, they took a hostage near the star. So that's something new. They're, they're actually yeah. taking the TVA as hostage. So I wonder if there's quite a few of them potentially or oh, there's previous TV. Lokis. Yeah, yeah. Well, or, or, or multiple TVA agents that have been taken hostage. Oh, I see. Um, and I also thought it was really good. So Tara Strong, she did the voice of the clock. You know, the one where, where yeah. it's kind of training Loki at the start and, who was the vo and she's the voice actor for Harley Quinn. So she She's yeah. in quite a lot of that that sort of stuff, and I liked it because there was a little, there was a little. I mean, I don't know if it was true or not. There's a little homage to remember the, the Doctor Who episode, the Weeping Angels, where the the which is an, one of the best episodes of Doctor Who ever, where they yes, where you watch the Easter eggs from all the videos and it lines up to a conversation that's going to take place down the line. But when you watch out of order, it's weird. Yeah, and I and I and when Loki says, "Are you?" real or are you just a recording and it didn't really answer the question i'd like to think that this whole thing is like anticipated so the way that he's talking to that clock 
the clock is just a recording and it knows how to interact with it. Well, you know I, know, I, mean. I think I think that's exactly what it is because obviously everything that Loki says, according to the logic of the TVA and the show, is you know predetermined and mapped out and yeah. supposed to happen. Therefore, the time the timekeepers could program a thing to just respond exactly how Loki is supposed to tee up the question. If your mind starts to starts to go a bit wibbly wobbly when you try to get your head around it. But yeah. yeah, it is a very, very interesting thought. God, I'm just thinking back to that that bit on Blink. The bit when, like, that's genius. That was one of Stephen Moffat's most genius strokes, wasn't it? The bit when David Tennant's talking in the back of the Easter eggs and it makes no sense. And it's and then, and then it gets to that point in the episode where Sally Sparrow sits down and starts talking and the conversation does make perfect. That's yeah. genius. Yeah, that is really just is. genius. But I love things like that. Um, but and, and my, the next point I went is like this is basically like Marvel's version of Doctor Who, like with the whole Pompeii sequence and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I I loved it, and I'm thinking like which one of them's the Doctor? Is it Owen Wilson or is it Loki? But they're both kind of playing the parts of yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I I did. I I really really loved that theory of Loki's about saying you can't be a time variant if every if and everything you mess with is going to get wiped out by an apocalypse or natural yeah, disaster. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, I was like, oh my God, yeah, it makes perfect sense. There it are does. No holes, there are no holes in that argument whatsoever. No, and they're because, hiding in the disasters of history. I loved yeah, that. I loved yeah. it. Um, and also, I, we we have the Roscart Mall. Like, that style is so cool when we see that. The ninth, that was it 2050 and the, the, yeah. the hurricane. Um, and also, the music is so epic and kind of mysterious i mean the music out throughout this is, is amazing yeah like it really is. i'm just really really enjoying this story and what's interesting is the rocks cart so if, if you've seen some of the i think it was an iron man the rock rocks rocks on energy or rocks on corporation was yeah. in the, it was in the very first iron man it's been in a few other the marvels but they're kind of like sort of the rival to stark industries so it's clear that like in some versions of the future that rocks rocks on or rocks cart Mm-hmm. Is 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 maybe something to watch out for? I don't know if there's gonna okay. we're gonna see more of that. I, I think we probably will. Um, sure. I have a question. There was a yes. question that was uh, kind of rattling around in in my brain at the end oh, of this tell. episode because obviously there was the big reveal that we had uh, female Loki. Yes, the lady Loki. Adding yes, lady, doesn't lady like Loki. being called Loki though. Didn't didn't appreciate. No, no, no. Being didn't like Loki. that. I wonder if this is the first viewing of a recasted character oh do go on because obviously the marvel the marvel universe is going to want to go on forever yep the actors are not going to want to go on forever as much as we would like to you know uh you know chris evans has jumped ship robert downey jr has jumped ship they might we we've already seen loads of rumors from the wonderful rumor mills that they might come back in in certain ways or whatnot but you know the mantle of the the mantle of the heroes for the earth-based heroes are much easier to do because a lot of other characters have taken up the mantle and we've seen that with falcon so falcon has now become captain america so captain america lives on but just you know as another character so steve rogers's story is finished but captain america still lives on it's much trickier to do with the asgardians because they're gods yes yes so i wonder if this is marvel testing out the well 
Loki, this this is actually Loki can you know shape shift, and he actually has multiple multiple strands to him, and he doesn't always have to be Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, but it could still be the same character. It's Doctor Who, mate. It's Doctor Who. Exactly. Like, literally, it's it, Doctor it's Who. Exactly. For this. Doctor and Who. I love that. And no, it, I think that's that, a really that's good my, observation. That's, that's yeah. my that's my question. Is this? Do you think we've just seen the next regular incarnation of Loki? Is Tom Hiddleston going to bow out at this point and mm. make way for someone else? A la Doctor Who. Is this the regeneration season? I love that idea, mate. And I think that is that's not rampant spec. I think that's pretty close. Like that could be it. This, we could be seeing the new Loki. I love that. I do love that. Man, that's awesome. And um, one other thing to point though, I don't think she's gonna be a villain. I think she's just a misconstrued hero because obviously Richard E. Grant is in this. Ah, he's got to be a villain, doesn't he? He's got. Yeah. I was thinking, does he? He's got to be one of the timekeepers, maybe. And one of them's yeah. got to be Kang. I, I don't. I don't know, but he's got to be hiding in here somewhere. Yeah. Um, but you know, loving it so far. I thought this was a really, really great episode, and I'm excited. I think next week might not be as epic or something. I've heard episodes four and five are supposed to be like mind blowing, um, and are really just going to reach it. Well, I mean, everyone's been saying for so long, like Loki is going to be one of the most relevant parts of the MCU. It's going to set up. All of the the multiverse stuff from from well, multiverse of madness it, from Spider Man. Di- it's dictating a lot of the rules of reality. Yeah. In, in this yeah. universe, and I think when you set out those rules, that then makes it very very important. Yeah, very relevant. Well, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. Now, staying on the Marvel themes, we had the first trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Have you seen this trailer yet? Have you had a I, chance to watch no, it? No, I've not watched the trailer, but I have heard or slash read a lot of information about it and the fact mm. that it's pure single player DLC. Yeah, that's or not right. DLC, uh, story, like, uh, story, yeah, story, story. Yeah, it's yeah. just a pure story, which everyone's like, hooray, because apparently the core game of Marvel's Avengers is not that great and doesn't really, and the model doesn't really work. It's just not no. that interesting. It, and it's not particularly scalable either. Like, I, I think, I think in paper, the Marvel game, you know, I, I bought it, I, I, it was one of the worst decisions I've ever made, and I've started playing it, and, <laughs> and I, and I haven't picked it up again. I, you know, I might pick it up again, but it's just not that. There's something about it that's just a bit clunky and not that engaging, and it could have been amazing, and it could have been very scalable, but it's not, and it really frustrates me. Now, this game, you only play as Star-Lord, so that's something that concerns me, because you've got on the same screen Groot, um, Drax, Gamora. Well, Galaxy is a team. It's not yeah. one guy in a team. Yeah, but you only play as Star-Lord. Like, that's the point of this game, and that's where I'm like... Oh, we've got some DLCs coming here, don't we? We've got to fork out some more money. Like, I'm, I'm concerned, Alex. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Um, I don't know. Didn't they commit though? Wasn't wasn't one of the big kind of plus points for when the Avengers came out the first time? The big, the, the initial game release was that all DLC was going to be free. Uh, I think for the Avengers one they did, but like they've not said anything against this game, and and it's like. You know, obviously, all these superhero games like take the new Suicide Squad, um, the 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 which I cannot bloody wait for. I don't know when that's coming out. Or the new the Batman. Oh, is that uh, kill, was it the, kill the Justice League? Kill the Justice League, yeah, yeah. And the new Batman, the the sort of the, the different Robins that you play as. Like these are all different character games, and I and I don't know how I feel about this. Of whether whether I want to just stay as one character. I think in my head it makes sense. You know, having a character tree like take Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. I enjoyed that because you could really focus on the character tree and take the character in different ways of Definitely. combat and stuff like this. And I and I I think that is more engaging. 
but there's a balance between doing it that way. Do you know one of the games that did this well was the original Return of the King game? Remember the PS2 Lord of the Rings Return of the King? Oh, there was that and the two towers beforehand. The two towers, because because the way that that was, you could play multiple characters and multiple missions, but you could almost like take them down their different character trees and play in the different combat styles. That nailed it, and it was simple and it was effective. And I yeah. just think that, like, you know, in what they've tried to do here is they overcomplicated it for the Avengers, massively overcomplicated for the Avengers. And their reaction to Square Enix, who's doing this, by the way, their their yeah. reaction to scale this back is to go, let's not make overly complicated character trees and options. Let's just uh, let's just make one character with a complicated. And I'm like, I don't think that's right. Mm. I don't think that's right. I think this could be really simple and effective. Give the opportunity to play as all the Guardians. You make it a linear story or have the ability in the way that the Lord of the Rings did to have multiple characters play on that linear storyline. Yeah, like, because they basically all do the, the right same thing. thing. To do. Yeah. They basically all do the same thing. You just do the same thing, but as different characters. I do I do have such fond memories of of the, that. Specifically, <sighs> I want to play it again. Specifically, the Return of the King game, because I remember when you could, because in Return of the King, and you couldn't do this in the Two Towers, but in Return of the King, you could play as Gandalf the White, and he had a power where he did that um, kind of wizard bubble thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah. you could just run. You could just run straight through. Tell me crowds, about it. I'm still there. I used to love playing. Gandalf. Who so did you? Good. You always used to play as Legolas in that game, and I was always playing as Aragon. I loved Le- it. Legolas or Gandalf? Nobody was ever Gimli. <laughs> no one was ever. Yeah, Gimli was always just the side. Oh, quite powerful that axe. Don't get in the way of that thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Chop oh, knees he, off. Had, he had some really cool finishing moves as well. He did like a twirling overhead <laughs> smash moving, thing. Moving forward is is talking about a game from two thousand and two. I love this. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that game again though. Can you get yeah. on the Xbox One? You reckon? I'm not Probably sure. In the game store. I don't know. It might be in the game store. I think oh, I would God. get that. I I'm think gonna I, get that. Too. I think I would get. Could that. you? Would we be able to play that online together? If we could get that. What a game that oh, was. Oh, that would be great. We Alex, could definitely. We could probably definitely do local. Local. Yeah, they yeah, did, yeah. They did local two player. Oh. But that's not yeah, actually the end excited. of the gaming news. Actually. No, go it's for it, mate. Not the end of the gaming news because, right? I got very excited a couple of days ago because I was on my the YouTube app on my telly, mm-hmm. and one of the recommended. One of the recommended videos mm-hmm. at the top was Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Oh, interesting. Pre-tell. Now, I got very, very excited here because I was like, oh my God, have they just dropped an Avatar 2 trailer? <laughs> yeah. And I was, like, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's finally happening. Like, what? <laughs> it's happening. It's it, not a drill, everyone. It's not a drill. We're actually getting an Avatar sequel. Spoiler alert, we're not. We're not. Definitely <laughs> we, not. We, we are at some point, supposedly. But for the moment, we yeah. have a video game. But what's very, very interesting is obviously the reason I jumped to that conclusion was obviously because it said Avatar, new trailer and yep. also because the thumbnail was a screenshot taken from the game and oh my god is it beautiful yeah it does look very very nice wow yeah it, it looks because obviously the vast vast majority or the total of the avatar movie is all like computer graphics just the most yeah. beautiful like computer generated environments you've ever seen oh for sure and i feel like game animation has gotten up to that fact where it basically just looks like that style of movie now yeah yeah. so i feel like we're gonna get an open world game and it's gonna be indistinguishable from the films yeah from from the film and that is a very tantalizing thought but but that's quite good as well because i mean obviously the first avatar was it still does stand up and 
you the video game technology is 10 years on it's allowed to catch up to that to that level of breathtaking quality yeah i know if you're pushing this out on it's got to be only on playstation 5 and xbox um series x doesn't it i mean probably it's not going to be yeah. backwards compatible which is which is fine it's obviously what, what happens but it's going to be it's going to be amazing it's going to be absolutely amazing now i'm really excited for this um do, do we know when that's being released uh, later, later this year, I believe. Oh, cool. Fantastic. So I, I love a good 8-lister coming out that I'm going to have to upgrade my console to play. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just some interesting other stuff to round it off. Some interesting casting news. Disney is doing their live-action remake of Pinocchio, um, where they have cast none other than Tom Hanks as Geppetto and Keegan-Michael Key as... Um, Jiminy Cricket, which oh. I think is wonderful little casting. I've, I've I think got a he's lot hilarious. of time for King Michael Key. Yes. I love him. So I'm really excited for this one here. Um, some other interesting casting news. Rose Byrne has been uh, slated to, st- to star in the New Zealand Prime Minister, um, uh, Jacinda Ardern. So, so it's, the movie's called They Are Us, which is about her response to the 2019 Christchurch, Christchurch attacks, um, which I think is great. I mean... That's a really interesting idea. I want to. I want to see more about that. And you know, Jacinda is, is someone who have. Have you seen her on some of like the talk show hosts? And you see her. She's a very, very forward leaning um, for a, for a lot of stuff that I, I guess like stands up towards. Um, you know, a, a very kind of left leaning, but almost like. Uh, I think her 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 agendas are very for the people of New Zealand, and it's very appropriate to be able to put that kind of stuff on screen. She is a very very interesting world leader mm-hmm. who has such a high level of popularity, oh, and it will be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, dare I say this, a non uh, a non um, polarizing political world leader on yeah. the screen like that's going to be really interesting because. I don't know many people who have a, I mean, obviously we're not from New Zealand and stuff. And typically when you do a, a currently in office, like when has there ever been an in office, um, almost biography of, of, a, of a political leader, but you could only get it away with someone who kind of is universally kind of liked or is appreciated yeah. or respected. So it's a really interesting concept. And I think Rose Burns is a really good cast for it because they look quite similar to yeah. each other as well. And could we potentially see the first kind of biopic sort of thing that then gets a sequel treatment? Because oh, I'm not, because yeah. I won't, because I won't lie. She absolutely nailed COVID last year. Yes, as that's well, a really good she? point. She, yeah, I think New Zealand was the only country in the world. Please feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. The, the only country in the world that managed to completely just deny COVID yeah. from taking any sort of meaningful yeah. Yeah, hold yeah, yeah, yeah. in the country without a vaccine. Just the the testing and the tracing, the test and tracing was so on point there that it just couldn't spread at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so, so impressive and a real example of the um, on the world stage Mm. that it was incredible. It was incredible. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a sequel after that point. Yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. It will be uh, it will be a very very interesting biography. Alex, what do they have to do now? Well, what they have to do now is go onto the Apple Podcast app and find us on there. Listen to us there. Give us a cheeky little five star rating. Write us a review if you want. If you don't want to write us a review, you can tell us your favorite movie. You can fa- tell us your favorite movie soundtrack. We love mm. to see, read, and hear all of it. 
Uh, You can find us on Spotify and loads and loads of other platforms that you like to listen to your podcast on, including the Acast app, actually, which very, very good to listen to. It's very good. (laughs) It's very, very good. That's good. Uh, If you want to get more directly in touch with the show, we have an email address, don't we? Yes, you can email us on motionspod at gmail.com and leave us a recommendation, much like this episode was. This was one of those many recommendations. Someone emailed in and they asked they asked for us to do Prince of Thieves and we loved it. It was a Prince really of great Thieves, recommendation. Did they? Yeah. Sorry, Aladdin Prince too. of Egypt. Sorry, not Aladdin 2. Aladdin Prince, of, Prince of Egypt. That's the next one, actually. God. Yeah, yeah. We'll but... do the Prince of, Tri- Prince of Theory. Prince of Thieves, Prince of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There we go. That's the trilogy. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, we, we do have to do a Robin Hood film now, don't we? Oh, probably. Some point. Oh, for you can also catch us on the gram starting conversations no in, no intention of finishing any of them or our sentences which is which is the, the most appropriate thing for us to do i think at this time and next week of course we're back to our monsters absolutely uh, it's still we'll out in the cinema off. oh we're gonna have to watch this one at the cinema aren't we it, it's still out I would in, watch the in the cinema we're gonna do that would you actually godzilla yeah, versus kong your face. Do you want to do it today? <laughs> no, I don't have time. To. Maybe oh, today. I don't know. Maybe man. today. Right, we'll do this one off here. Well, thank Amazing. you very much for listening. And until then, bye now, guys. All right, guys. Ta ta. <laughs> <laughs>